today I want to look at um, just how we pray and some different styles, different ideas, different ways. Um, hopefully, again, spend a lot of time in conversation around this idea um, and get some input from you guys as well. But I wanted to start it off just with talking about organization in prayer life, just to talk through some ideas and get an idea of, you know, what have you done that works? So if you're anything like me, you, you kind of fall in this trap of like, oh, I prayed for the same things just because that's what I prayed for yesterday and it was fresh in my mind, or like you kind of get into like a routine and then you say to someone like in passing, oh yeah, I'm gonna pray for you. And then like two seconds later, that's kind of already out the window. And I, I got into this spot where I realized like, I need to figure out some way of at least organizing it. So I'm not re-praying for the same thing all the time and forgetting to pray about other things and not following through on promises. Um, so the, a couple different thoughts on that is, do you use digital tools? And I kind of fell in love with this one. Um, Ryan gave me the idea of using Gmail because it makes things like indexable and searchable and catalogable. Um, and it could be something as simple as even just like, each day after devotions, just put crafting a quick email or having, you know, like a, a laptop or a phone nearby that you can craft an email of, hey, this is the kind of things that I pray for today, or this is the kind of thing, you know, experience I have with my devotions today, emailing it to yourself, and then having that as a reference, and you just drop it in like a separate folder in Gmail. Uh, there's other tools like Evernote or OneNote if you're a Microsoft person, um, but just digitizing things. And I actually found that one really helpful for me personally, is I had one of, back when they first came out, one of those like Motorola smartwatches. And those in the moment prayers where someone would say, hey, this is happening, can you pray for it? And then, you know, that, that was the end of our conversation. I could just pull out the quick, okay, Google, remind me to pray for this at, and then like put a specific time in, and then it would buzz a reminder out to my phone. So I found that to be actually like really helpful in helping me not forget to pray when I said I would for a specific thing or, you know, like a doctor's appointment or whatever it might be. Um, just a way to not forget about it. Another thought is if you're not as comfortable with the technological realm, going old school with journaling. Uh, this is one that I struggle with, so I definitely would consider myself more of a digital native, uh, but I know for some people the digital is not the way to go. And even just going as like, you know, old school journal and however you organize that, whether it's, you know, by like having different topics tabbed out throughout your journal or even just like chronological and then being able to leaf back through specific dates or specific days uh, can be a powerful way just to organize your prayer life. Um, yeah, another thought, and <laughs> oddly enough, this is called reflecting back Ray's pile of rocks because Ray was never in the course before, but I feel like maybe Ray, not to put you on the spot, but if you wanted to, you could probably do a better job explaining it than I could, uh, but it's something that Ryan and I liked so much that we took and wanted to run with, um, but the idea of reflecting back, Ray, what do you think? Would you be willing to share a little bit about that? He's grabbing the bowl. That's awesome. Uh, and so I don't, you, you can't see it, but it's like every rock has something written on it. And so it's a memory or something that is some way that God worked. And so this is really ways to praise God, right? So as we think about prayer, it's like, so this one says, dad, he is risen. And so the very last text message I ever got from my dad uh, before he died was on Easter morning. And it was about two weeks. He, he passed away two weeks later. Uh, and he sent me the text message and said, he is risen. And I hadn't texted him yet for Easter at all. And, um, and it was just, it was something that, that gave me some encouragement and hope that while I had shared the gospel with my father many times, um, 
and he had, he had been raised as a Christian, um, I was never sure about his salvation. And so um, it was just something really, really, really neat that the very last thing that I ever heard from him. So we just had, we, we have a pile of rocks that will say something different, um, you know, about uh, something that God did that surprised us or was really special. Um, and so. Or, or even some of them are, are how he took 10 months to sell our house in Louisville. So it's something that would seem to be a, a, a struggle, a trial, but being able to then look back and say, but look at how this worked out just right because of this and because of this and because of this to put us where we are right now. So. Thank you for sharing about that. Yeah. Yeah, but that's one reason we wanted to include that in the course is just because there's so much power in reflecting back and being able to look at the powerful ways that God has moved in the past to have that as an encouragement for how he's going to move in the future. Uh, not that he'll ever necessarily be forced into working the same way he had in the past, but it's just that idea of looking back at his faithfulness and being able to look at specific prayers, whether it was a digital thing or a journal thing or written out on like an actual cairn of rocks like at the, uh, the steward's house. Um, but just that idea of being able to reflect back on prior prayers and see the powerful ways that God's answered it. I think there's a lot of encouragement in that, being able to, to look back at his faithfulness throughout your journey. Um, and one thing out of the Habits of Grace book that touched on this, um, mentioned it like this, the habits of regular private prayer will change in your various seasons of life. I've kept detailed notes about what I was praying for on particular days and tried to circle back to make notes about answered prayers or altered desires. Even though, like, like the students have mentioned about how, you know, how we didn't want this at the time, but look how God used that particular time frame to cause this to happen or how these things lined up. It's just neat to see the ways God works in that. And a lot of times, if we're just living you know, day by day and we don't take the time to look back or reflect back, it's easy to miss those little nuances of how you know, powerfully he had put things together. So that's, I think, uh, there's a lot of value in taking the time to reflect back from time to time. Um, and again, if you're a journal taker, that can be really powerful. If you have an organizational style, I'm not, so it doesn't work for me, but having it searchable and indexable is, for me, has been a lot more powerful. Um, but yeah, just a few thoughts on ways that you could organize your prayer list. Uh, the last one to mention is the idea of like a specific schedule or a list but we just wanna be really careful, like we talked about earlier um, in, in our Habits of Grace course, that we don't want it to become legalistic. So at no point should it just be, hey, I checked this off for the night, let's move on. Um, but one thing Liz and I tried actually at the, know, the start of all of the, everything, the shutdown was to have each day of the week be a different specific thing that we as a family prayed for together. So like Mondays, and I'm, I'm gonna butcher the actual days, but Mondays would be, we pray for church family. Tuesdays would be, biological family. Wednesdays would be our, our core friend group that we keep in touch with. Uh, Thursdays maybe would be for our nation. And then Friday, you know, like each day was a different theme or topic. That way it wasn't necessarily the same thing. And obviously if there was something really pressing, we'd pray for it whenever, uh, every night if needed, but just so that we wouldn't forget or we wouldn't, you know, never actually get to praying for something specific that, that needed it. So before we move on to the next section, I just want to ask you generally, did anything from this resonate with you? Is there something you've done that wasn't part of this list that you found really powerful in the past? So how do, how do you organize your prayer life? 
Okay, so the next thing that I want to look at is back to the conversation of closet prayers that we talked a little bit about last week. And just to frame this again, um, out of Luke chapter 5, it talks about, um, but, even, but now even more, the report about him went abroad, and the great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. So talking about Jesus kind of removing himself from the situation to create his closet. And um, my question to you, we, we hit on this a little bit last week, but I want to know just what does that look like? And I want to tap back to something Morgan mentioned, I think like three or four weeks ago about like having a space or having a time or having a place in your house where a pen and a, a pad of paper and your Bible is already there. Um, but I just want to ask, what does that look, for, look like for you practically? Uh, where is your closet? When is your closet? What does it look like? Like what kind of things do you have around? But how do you create intentionally that closet in the midst of the busyness of life to be able to go and pray? I think I shared a little bit last week. Mine's, mine's similar to that, where it always used to be in the morning uh, before everyone woke up and before we go to, to school. And I just have it part of my morning like breakfast routine. Uh, but that has significantly changed since shutdown. So I've actually been finding that lunchtime when Kylie's taking her nap has been a lot better for me. Uh, especially because Liz kind of cherishes that time too to have, she's an introvert. So for her to be able to have that time to recharge, it's just a very natural block of time where it's okay, like this, I don't have anything else that's like vying for my attention. I can very intentionally try and set that aside. So yeah, I've been connected to like a certain time of day. I actually had a note to mention Brad um, Kopcha when we had we talked about this question, he mentioned the idea of like a daily commute. Um, and again, like that's kind of gone at this point, which is really weird, but his was more, he did a lot of highway driving and he would pray for specific things at specific points. So there was like visual connections in his mind of like, oh yeah, this is when I want to start to pray about this. Uh, and I think his specific example was when he was coming home from work or going to work, when he was on the highway to work, he would pray for work, his work day. And then on the highway, on the way home, he would use that to pray for his family. So, so it was like very visually connected to for specific things to pray about uh, to kind of create that closet. My next question is, what does it look like? Like, do you pray out loud? Do you pray silently? Just because I feel like this is not something that we necessarily always talk about. And I feel like there's a lot of value to both. So praying out loud and, and what, what makes you, like what makes that better for you prayer-wise? Uh, one other piece that I wanted to look at a little bit is the idea of fasting. And I feel like for me personally, like that's looked very different maybe four years ago, five years ago than it has within the past couple of years. Uh, and it, it's just, I've seen a lot more of an intentionality with approaching and focusing on fasting. Uh, so I just wanted to, to point out that it is pretty ubiquitous throughout scripture. I mean, there's tons of Old Testament references to the prophets fasting and, you know, with ash and sackcloth. Uh, Nehemiah 9, its entire community's fasting. And this is shortly after they rebuilt the wall, people are returning and the Feast of Booths was celebrated and the, the, says the people of Israel were assembled, like the people of Israel were assembled with fasting and in sackcloth and with earth on their heads. Uh, we see Jesus's example himself where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And then even in the early church leadership in Acts 13 and 14, um, before their commissioning, um, Barnabas and Saul, they're saying, you know, while we were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So it's not like they were fasting for that reason. It's while they were worshiping and the Lord and fasting 
that that took place. So my question here is I just want to know, are there any experiences? Are there any stories? We mentioned specifically from Lent because that's something that as a church we've kind of focused more on the past couple of years, but even just anything in the past, how have you seen God move through fasting and move through an intentionality with that? I'll share one from my experience that I thought was really, to mention the subtle ways again, that was really powerful to see God moving in subtle ways was through the the time of, um, I can't think of the name of it right now, but the, the transition when we were looking to hire Pastor Matt, the transition team, that's what it was, through the time transition team and then the, the group of people that were kind of put together to hire him in the first place, just seeing God move in subtle unity of decisions because there's a lot of times where, you know, a meeting would end and they'd say, we're going to fast on this for a week and commit to, I think it was like a specific day, like every Thursday, we're going to fast. And whether that's, you know, from sundown to sun up to sundown, or whether it's a specific meal or whether it's the whole day, like whatever that looks like for you, um, you can, you can have that decision, but the idea of like intentionally dedicating to fasting together for a common cause and then the unity that God put on that decision when the, the group would come back together. It was just, and it wasn't like huge earth shattering decisions, but it was just awesome seeing affirmed more than once, like multiple times in a row where God was clearly affirming the decision in each of their our hearts individually. And then when we came together for a conversation, it was like a unanimous, like, yep, that's what I'm thinking. Yep, that's what I'm thinking. Yep, me too. It, it, it was neat seeing that and just how God moved through that in a subtle way to create these unanimous decisions on things. That's kind of my experience with it. But the last thing that I wanted to look at was the idea of praying without ceasing that we mentioned. And I want to look at what does that actually look like? And we kind of mentioned it earlier, um, how, or I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, where prayer doesn't necessarily mean you have your eyes closed. Um, and kind of a, a personal story that I wanted to share on that is I work with, work with crazy middle schoolers and to close my eyes or like to take a couple minutes, like just doesn't exist in that classroom. Um, and you have that situation where, you know, somebody throws something across the room and you just barely notice it out of the corner of your eye or, you know, someone has a rude comment or tries to trip somebody. You don't necessarily have time to like retreat to your closet, pray about it, ask for wisdom and then come back into that situation. And it's, it's a lot of my day is filled with those snap calls of God, I need you in this moment. And I think all of you guys can agree with that, like with kids, you know, it doesn't have to be middle schoolers in the classroom, but with kids, it's that, oh my goodness, how do I do this in this moment? Uh, Liz and I actually just had that earlier today. We were looking to discipline Kylie for uh, some hitting behaviors. And it was that, uh, how, do, how do we address this? But that like quick momentary prayer of God, I need you in this moment and need wisdom. Um, because it definitely still need God in that interaction, even though we don't have time to necessarily go and seek him in a, in a, a closet situation. Um, but another thought that I wanted to toss in was back to the idea of commutes or even just car rides. And I love that I got mentioned a couple times tonight. Um, but I wanted to share a story that one of the guys that I work with, the gym teacher at the middle school, shared with me. And I, I kind of took it on as a personal challenge and wanted to try it. Um, but he talked about using your commute or car ride or whatever it might be um, and specifically, he would commute by himself, so he didn't have anyone else in the car with him, um, but getting rid of music or radio and just using that time, like praying, and he, he did it actually out loud, but again, that could be whatever works best for you, but intentionally taking 
that time and cutting out the music or cutting out the radio. And it was something that he worked up to um, where, you know, the first day maybe he was like, all right, from my house until 10 minutes into my commute. I think he had like a half hour commute or 20 minute commute. Um, and then he would eventually work up to, hey, the entirety of the commute, I'm gonna cut out and just spend that time in prayer. Um, so just another thought, practical suggestion that I wanted to toss out. And then I wanna close on just what does that look like for you guys? Like, is that something, like what does praying without ceasing look like for you? Okay, so the very last thing then, and then we'll close and, and wrap up for the evening, as I wanted to mention just the idea of retreating too, because that's connected in with prayer life and that's connected in with ways that, you know, we can seek God. And when we first thought about this, we went through like the whole range of, you know, college retreats or youth retreats is kind of what we might remember from our, our you know, early in life, depending on when we, when we received. For me, it's just college retreats because I was saved when I was at Millersville. But I remember those being really powerful times of, hey, I'm setting aside regular life and going and doing this. Uh, and then adult life, you start to see more of like marriage retreats or men's retreats, women's retreats. Um, but I'd argue that in adult life, it becomes even harder to find that time or dedicate or set aside that time, especially now the kids are into the mix. And I don't know, give me a wave. Does anyone agree with that statement now the kids? Are, yeah. So the, the takeaway here is I just want to bring up the idea of like something away from home. You know, your retreat doesn't have to be a dedicated weekend. It can be. And I think there's a lot of validity and power to that. But the, as Ryan and I like talked about this and wrestled through it, we really thought there's a lot of value into maybe one, you know, your spouse watches the kids for two hours and then you, you have two hours to get away from home and do something towards retreating. And that could just be taking a Bible with you and taking a walk in the park or whatever that might look like. But at home, there's always like something more to do. Uh, and I think just having that time to be able to step out from your regular routine and maybe it's even just like a half hour lunch or something. I don't know what that looks like, but just that was like one practical thought that we wanted to kind of um, add to that conversation of something away from home um, to be able to couple together with that. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Um, as we, we kind of wrap up for this evening, we'll, we'll talk a little bit probably next week on um, group prayers too. That was one thing that we didn't quite have enough time for tonight, uh, but the homework kind of moving forward into this next week is we want to commit to reading Colossians again, and I'll send out the specific reference, but it's, it's two verses 16 up through 23. And again, if we could try to do that daily, I think that'd be a powerful thing there. Uh, but then also just try something new. So something from this week, something from a conversation, something that we shared as a group in any way, shape or form, just try something new that stood out to you from today and see if God uses it powerfully. And if it's something that flops, it flops. If it's something that sticks, it sticks, great. Uh, but just push yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit. I'd recommend if you're not driving anywhere, don't have it be the commute thing. <laughs> but again, at some point this week, try something new uh, from out of our conversations. So let me pray first, guys, and then we'll call it a night. <laughs> Father, thank you again for the chance to meet. Thank you for just helping us to stay connected, even with some, some connection blips here as, along the way as we go. And we're just excited about the way that you're moving. I thank you for these conversations. And I thank you that over the fact that just focusing on you and talking about you gives, brings so much enthusiasm. And I don't know, I just, I leave these encouraged, Lord. And I just pray that as we go into this next week, that you would just be moving powerfully in our prayer lives. You'd help us to just step out in boldness and try something maybe that we haven't before. Maybe it's 
yeah, whatever that might look like. And, and Lord, we, we just want to experience you in fresh ways, Lord. We thank you for tonight. We pray for um, the group members that weren't able to be here tonight. I think of Ryan, I think of Matt. Uh, just pray for them and their families that you'd be um, protecting them and, and keeping them safe with whatever adventures and trips they're on right now. And yeah, Lord, if you're in your will, you bring us all back together again um, next Sunday to be able to just, again, talk about you. Father, thank you. And we just pray for what this week has. And we thank you for this evening and this time. Amen.